And tonight, we're going to be talking about the very next era of being a Christian. So I have to ask you all tonight, you know, we, we know what to do as Christians. We know our foundation. We know what prayer is. And we know that we're supposed to read our Bible. We know that we're supposed to um, ask for forgiveness if we sin or fall short. We know that we're supposed to start sharing our faith. What's next? You know, what's the step after that? What's the next step that we're supposed to take? What more can we do or what more can we give to the Lord? What can we do that will take us further and further in our faith after this? Um, again, we now understand the steps that we're supposed to take at the beginning. Um, but, you know, what's next? And can we call it good? Are we ever going to be at a place where we're comfortable or where we don't have to put in any more effort? Oh, my Lord, that's going to throw me off. Um, you know, maybe this is a question that you're thinking about in your own walk. You know, maybe you're saying, God, I've been following you for a while. I gave my heart to you years ago or months ago or at a retreat or something, and you've been following uh, him, and you know what to do, and you've been engaged in your word, and you've been engaged in your church community. Um, I know I need to be invested in scripture, uh, but what more do I have to do? How much more do I have to give to you, Lord? How much more effort and attention do you need from me? I think a lot of us ask this question, you know. We think, what more could I possibly give? Or how much longer do I have to keep doing this? And when we ask those questions, the Lord is right next to us, inside of us just saying, you know, when we're asking, how much more do I give? He just says, more. Or how much longer do I have to do this? He just says, keep going. You see, God... Um, um, keep going, God's saying, keep going and keep diving in deeper and deeper into me, and I will show you the wonderful and mighty things that I have in store for you. You see, it can be is, oh Lord, it can be easy to visualize following Christ as like a checklist or like a task list that we have to do to complete in order to keep walking with Him. Um, but in reality, God doesn't want us to see our prayer life and our, our, our scripture time and our devotional time. Um, he doesn't want us to see it as like a checklist that we check off. I did this today. I did this today. I did this today. I can call it good. He wants us to be at a place where we are so passionate about him, so in love for him, and so dedicated to him that naturally we're just going to do these things out of pure love and desire for God and what he has in store for us. That's what he has in store for us. He desires for us to be on fire for him. Um, this means that beings, this means, oh, I'm sorry. This means being so in love with him that all the things that we talked about last week, um, they can all be done, not, I just said that. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, y'all. My bad. Uh, furthermore, after this, God desires follow-through, meaning that love, that love and desire we had for him when we were first saved, he just wants us um, to continue that in our walk. You know, when we're first saved, we make all these promises, um, and we make these dedications. We say, God, here I am, here, here is me, um, and I want to see what you have in store for me, and I'm willing to put in the effort to do that. But then as time goes on, you know, that sort of drive that we have to see those promises play out, they kind of plateau off. And if we do that, 
if we plateau, then those desires and those wishes and those promises we make to God, they're never going to play into fruition. They're never going to happen. Um, does anyone have any hobbies, like, in the room? No one has any hobbies. That's hard to believe. Who's got a hobby? There we go. Thank you. <laughs> You're good at Fortnite. Hey, year zero, right? Tilted towers and stuff. That's it. Who's got a hobby or an interest or something they like to do, all right? Yes, we got a few of them. Na uh, on the count of three, name your hobby or whatever you're interested in. One, two, three. <laughs> the gym is all right, okay. Uh, yeah, I heard a few things. Does anyone like to try new things, like you get interested in something? A few of us. I don't know about you guys. I have my select hobbies, obviously. I, like, guitar is a pretty big one. Uh, but I really like to try new things. So, like, if someone, like, introduces me to a new hobby or a new thing to do, I kind of get obsessive over it, and I want to, I like, get engaged with it, and I want to, like, be a part of it, and eventually I want to get, like, really good at it. Um, and I've had many of those, like, little side quests, per se, throughout my life. You know, I got really into disc golf last year. Uh, I've been on a big pickleball kick. Anyone ever played pickleball? Dude, it's so fun. It's really good. Uh, my senior year, it was cooking, actually. Does anyone cook? Anyone a good, like, chef? Kef? Have you gosh, food really is art. And I started thinking, wouldn't it be so awesome if I could cook and be a chef? Ain't that so impressive, being able to, like, cook something and then to eat it? That's awesome. Um, so I got really into that my senior year. My, one of my graduation gifts was actually a, uh, a cast iron skillet, and I've used it once since then. Uh, case in point, like, I'm not a cook, um, and I never really tried that hard because eventually, like, that desire to be a chef, that interest in that hobby just kind of plateaued out. It stopped, it stopped happening. I stopped having that desire to be really good at that. Um, and because of that, all those visions of me being like, I'm going to be the, the freaking rat from Ratatouille, um, that never happened, probably because I'm a human, but I was never able to see into fruition, like, the things that I eventually had in store, or that I thought I had in store for me. Case in point, Christ is, our walk with Christ is kind of the same way, you know, they say to be like a master at something, you got to really devote your life to it. It eventually becomes a lifestyle, you know, to be a master at it. Christianity is not something that we just practice for a short period of time and call it good. It's not something that like we put on during the day and then we take off and we hang it up at night. If we want to be like true, authentic Christians who are good at it and are ones who want to see what God has in store for us, it's got to be a lifestyle. You know, the saying that we say around here, growing people change, is so, so, so true. If we want to be, like, in it to win it, then we have to be growing. We have to be changing. We can't be stagnant, you know? Oh, Lord. It's something that's got to challenge us day in and day out. First Thessalonians 4. Verses 1 through 2. It says this. Where are you at? Where are you at? 
It says this, finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. For remember what we taught you, for remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. In this passage, I really like this passage because Paul is writing to a church in this, uh, this book. He's writing to a church that he previously founded and planted and he's telling the people um, that they are already following the will of God and that they're already aiming to please him. And he's telling them, that's great. That's awesome that, you're keep, that you follow the word of God and that you are in it to win it. Do it even more. How does that apply to us? It means that, you know, just like the people Paul writes to in this book, we should never be at a place where we call it good figuratively. It's a process it, of continually growing ourselves to the Lord and giving ourselves to the Lord and his will so that we can see it in the long run. Uh, as Christians, we use a little word to describe this. We like to call it sanctification. Now, if you don't know what sanctification is or you're unfamiliar um, the textbook definition is the process of becoming more like Christ. All of us, this is very important, all of us are called to live a sanctified life. Even though being on the same standard as God is absolutely impossible, we are human and God is God. And we will never be fully like God. But... Um, what this means is that we should be conducting ourselves in a Christ-like manner throughout our walk, um, acting as he should, loving as he should. And one thing I really like about this definition that's on the screen here is I really like the word process. You know, a process is continuous. It's, um, in, some instances, in some instances, it's never-ending. It's... Um, uh, it's something that we really have to devote our time to. It's not an instant snap of the fingers. It's something that's going to take time and it's going to take effort. Um, you know, I think a lot of us, this happens to a lot of us, work with me. These are my car keys. Uh, but it's going to represent us in this little metaphor. I think what we like to do is when we get saved, we cross into our new life with Jesus, right? So this is our life with Jesus. And once we're saved, we do these things we talked about last week. We read the Bible. We, we engage in community. And we slowly rise up. And we're getting, we're getting good. We're getting comfortable. And we know what we have to do. But then once we get too comfortable, once we get too bored, once we stop caring, it's eventually going to plateau. And we're just going to go in the same direction. We're not going to rise. We're not going to grow in our faith. We're going to level out. That's not what God wants. God calls us to live a sanctified life where we are engaging in this process of growth where we should be going up and up and up and up until the day we die. It's a little daunting, I know. Um, but it's, it's what we're, we're supposed to do. Um, another thing to understand is that sanctification is all about being set apart. Um, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, throughout the Bible, God stresses this idea of being made new when we follow him. Um, there's a distinct difference between the world and the ways of the Lord. You know, we, if we are to, like, be the saved individuals that we say we are, we should not be acting the same way that we acted. We should not be talking the same way that we talked did. Um, we should not take, um, take refuge and comfort in the things that, event, that originally gave us comfort. We should not be the same person. There should be a very distinct difference between our old selves, and not only our old selves, but the people around us, the world around us. We're called to be set-apart people. We should not be the same. Another thing to know is that sanctification, it also means striving for purity. You know, It means working towards living a life of holiness, working towards a life of purity. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. God desires individuals who are willing to accept God's sacrifice, allowing his blood to wash away our sins. The stainless wiping... Oh, Lord, sorry, y'all. Um... You know, God desires people who are willing to change their ways, you know. Um, It's all about his sacrifice, you know. Jesus, who was absolutely stainless and pure, wiping away all of our stains and impurities. Only he can do that. We need to realize that to be sanctified to be in this thing for the long run, we must get rid of our, our dirty laundry, so to speak. Um, you know, sometimes it's really easy to, um, you know, let, let our past or maybe the things that we struggle with right now get in the way of our walk. Maybe we think, God, I want to see this through, but, you know, how can I do this because cause I'm dealing with this right now? Or, God, how can I do this because, you you know, of the things I've done in my past and what God needs to let us all know tonight is that um, all that stuff is just lies from the enemy, you know? God's got a plan for us all. He's got so much wonderful things in store for us, and we can't let, like, the, the worldly things that attack us or the worldly things that we've grown accustomed to, we can't let that get in the way. God desires us to be on fire for him. He desires our full attention, our full passion. A passion that's so strong that nothing's going to get in the way. We need to be on fire for the Lord. Because of this, I want to leave you all with three little points. Three things a person on fire for God will do. Um, point number one, a person that is on fire for God will let themselves be used by God for his will. Um, like I kind of rambled on just a minute ago, God's got mighty things in store for each and every one of us. Um, you know, the things that may seem impossible in your life can, 
for sure become possible through God's blessing and through his will. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Those who cleanse themselves from wickedness will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Um, I think the important thing to take out of that verse is the, the beginning, you know, when we cleanse ourselves from wickedness, we will be instruments for special purposes. Um, you know, God, each and every person in this room, God wants to use you, and God, he will use you. But we just got to, you know, step away from the things that are preventing him from using us, you know. Um, and maybe that's a sin in your life. Maybe that's something you're dealing with. And maybe that's, maybe that's your own personal ambitions, you know. We need to kind of step away from, you know, what we want and focus more on what God wants. You know, I think of many times in my life where um, God's called me to do stuff or do something, but, you know, maybe my own wishes or my own insecurities have gotten in the way. Um, I'm, a really, I'm a really shy person. I don't really like talking all that much. Um, and it's something that I, I do struggle with a lot. And conveniently, God's called me to a career where all I do is talk. Um, so, like, that's a huge challenge that I have to deal with. You know, I'm gonna, I'll be real with you. I'm, I'm so shy, and I'm, I'm, I struggle communicating. Um, so, like, when God called me to ministry, you know, I was instantly terrified, and I instantly thought, how, how the heck can I do this? You know, how the heck can I relate to people? How the heck am I going to be able to, to just talk one-on-one with people or talk to a whole room of people? And honestly, sometimes I let these, these doubts get in the way. I let them cloud my mind. But what's so important is that I need to focus on the man who's going to give me that power and the confidence to see it through, you know? We need to step away from ourselves and just let God work. And I think if we just do that, we will see results, the results that he wants at least. Point number two, a person on fire for God will use their influence to spread God's kingdom. This is a biggie. Uh, one of my favorite passages of scripture is right here. Um, Matthew 5, 15 through 16 No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I've always loved um, verse 15 of that, the metaphor about the lamp and putting it under a basket. I think it rings so true. Um. It's got to be something that, you know, we're willing to share. Um, And it's not just something we put in our bios. It's not something that we attend. It's not something like, it's not wearing a shirt that says God loves you. It's not, all that can play into, you know, what you're wanting to do. But at the core, it's got to be a heart and a desire to share and to spread God's kingdom. You know, a really hard truth that I think a lot of people need to hear is that, like, in a world where, like, everything can be kind of relative, 
you know, everyone's got their own truth. Everyone can do whatever they want. As long as it doesn't interfere with me, you know, you can have your beliefs. Just keep it to yourselves. A hard truth that I think we all need to realize is that private Christianity, it shouldn't be an option. You know, it shouldn't be an option. But, oh my gosh, I'm going to look so weird if, if I'm open about my faith as someone asks to it. But, but Jesus told us to pray privately in the Bible. Shouldn't we be doing that? No, that's, that's, that's not what he was meaning by that. We got to read into that. But what if, what if someone judges me? We need to be open till the end of the world, till all the world knows. We have to spread this thing that we're so passionate about. Point number three, that was the last point, and then we'll get into fam times. It says, uh, a person on fire for God will know that God is the superior voice in their life. Um, I think it says, it's stated real perfectly in John 3, verse 30. It says, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. You know, true, authentic Christianity in our lives, it's going to look like this. You know, who's going to be the dominating voice in my life? Who's going to really be taking control? You know, when, when I face a challenge, what's driving me? What's the, the standard that I base my, my, my standards on? Um, you know, what is my rock? What is my firm foundation that I sing about? You know, I just hope that when we sing, you know, the words, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, that we sure as heck mean it, you know, because if we don't, then, you know, those waves and the winds that blow, they're going to knock us away. God needs to be the superior voice, the superior strong, superior stronghold in our life. I just, you know, I just want to remind us all that, you know, God loves us and God has our best interest in mind, you know. And that may not be what we think it is, may not be what we want it is, but man, does God love you and man, does God want to use you for something really, really great. And all he's asking is just that you just begin to live for him, you know? Um, but, you know, that being said, maybe you've been walking with him for a while. Maybe you've been saved. Maybe you've experienced all the, the um, emotions of being a Christian. Maybe you've been to camp or retreat or some event and that kind of sparked your fire for God, and you gave your life to him at that moment, or maybe you gave him your life at some other point, and you've been doing really, really good, but maybe things are just starting to get a little too hard, you know? Maybe something got in the way of that, and you just don't have that fire anymore. 
Maybe you just got bored of doing it over and over again. Maybe you've gotten to a point where you just don't care and you've given up. We have one more week of this Eras Tour series. Um, it's not next week because we don't have Emerge next week, but the very next week after that, we're going to do our final week of the Eras Tour. And if any of that resonates with you, you're struggling, you don't feel that fire anymore, you've given up, you, you don't care anymore, or something's just blocking you in your faith, I want you to be there that night, two Wednesdays from now, because we're going to talk about that. And we're going to be honest about that. And we're going to talk about the rescue mission.